This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Jennifer! Richard, long time no see. How are you? I know it's been, it feels like forever. It has. Your birthday week, I was gone, and then, which was last week. And then, yes. you know, this week I'm just happy to be back. And I feel older, even though I feel more Irish today. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you too. Look at green. It looks a little bluish, but there's green. <laughs> oh, it's like that photograph where everything looks sort of blue or green. We're not really sure. I have some trees behind me and, you know, I have my Irish heritage. I saw you. If I was next to you, I'd be pinching you. Uh, I did get pinched already today. They were like, where's your green? Lucky. Wow. It's so funny. And what do you get if you do have green? Don't you get a kiss? Something like that? It depends on who's there. You know, I don't have anybody planned to talk to today, but it just popped into my head. I wonder if we should talk to a leprechaun. I, that's exactly what just popped into my mind. So both of us, I'm like, let's talk to the leprechaun. In fact, the closest thing to the leprechaun is the librarian, who's also, aka, the universe. Say again, the, the libra librarian is also the what of the, the universe? universe. He's the remember how he talked about. I, almost like being God, I think. I'm not sure. Yes, I know. We asked him because he was talking about being the librarian for all the Ak Akashic libraries throughout the universe. And I said, you mean throughout all realms and all universes? And he said, well, your universe and like all the, all the people you could think of. And right. his, anyway, well, that would be an unusual person to speak with today. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it up to Luana, of course. And for those people tuning in for the first and maybe the last time, our oh, friend Luana Anders uh, checked off the planet in 1996, and she helps us the way Jennifer helps people here talk to people on the other side. She helps people on the other side to communicate with us, and you know we just generally don't ask her who's on her list until we get to this moment. Right. So let's see if she has somebody on the list that she wants us to talk to, or or did she pop? Just Luana. There it is. Luana. Oh my gosh, you Maybe saved you saved a tree just that right with that. Yeah, <laughs> I have to tell you, I have every single for the last four nights, I have done wine and spirit events. Hmm. It is something that everyone's booking now with their girlfriends, their friends, groups. It is super. It's a lot of fun. But That's great. They're I, so lucky. Pretty it, soon, you're going to be on a cruise ship. With you. With me. <laughs> That's right. Oh, that would be so much fun, wouldn't it? I don't know. Where would we go? Hawaii? I don't know. That's probably the closest place you want to go to. But I was thinking <laughs> more of like Greece and Italy myself. Well, I'm down for that. You know me. I've traveled everywhere. Um, but Luana, let's toss it over to you, my dear. Uh, if Lou, if she wants to help, Lou, are you there? Who's 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 who have we invited yeah, for class just, today? So they just showed me St. Patrick's Day and how it's the seventeenth and how that's supposed to be lucky, right? And then, like my dad just flipped it around to seventy-one and smiled because seventy-one is my. That's number. your lucky number, yeah. Right, and um, oh, it's just my dad wanted to come say hello. Hi, Jim. Hi, Dad. Okay. All right, hold on. Luana, one of the things she just said is that you guys were together on St. Patrick's Day a few times, and then she's showing me Jack Nicholson. Well, he's the original Irish elf. I don't know. I, even... I mean, yeah, he's yeah, he's Irish. And well, Luana knew Jack all the way back when he first left uh, New Jersey, Neptune, Neptune, New Jersey, and they were in an acting class together. Actually, they were a bike messengers at MGM. And she was the one who convinced Jack to join her class with uh, Jeff Corey. Other notable members of that class were Luana Anders and Sally Kellerman and uh, Fred Roos and Robert Town and others, other people, and Jack. So Jack joined the class, and the rest is history, as they say. So, but okay, hold on a second. She's specifically talking about you, though. So hold on. And I know with that background, but what? 
Was there a local pub in Santa Monica that you guys would go to? On St. Paddy's Day, there's only, I mean, there's 16 Irish pubs here in Santa Monica. Okay. And, you know, when I was in my 20s, I was lucky enough to go do a junior year abroad. And so we actually went to Dublin and we went to the Guinness factory and we had a lot of those adventures. And so we, you know, it was a big deal. It was a lot of fun. I'm half Irish. And right. Luana and I would, uh, you know, get together with friends or there would be a party or there are pubs here. But anyway, Lou, go ahead. So you're saying you got lost coming home or something like that. And it was probably in Dublin. Uh, well, I can remember that we were so tired, the students, because we took an overnight boat that we fell asleep in the pub that we ended up in. Literally fell asleep. And then at some point, because the the pubs in Ireland would close from, you know, 11 a.m. to like 2 p.m. to get everybody out. We'd been up all night. And uh, we asked, we said to the pub guy, we have nowhere to go. And he said, hey, you can just stay here. We all fell asleep. And at some point I woke up and saw all my students sleeping. Anyway, and I did get to Killarney and I got to see uh, all my, you know, beautiful green, emerald green uh, light coming out of the sky and a deer and stuff like that. But Lou, do you specifically, do you want us to talk to some entity or being that's associated with Ireland? It's the Akashic Records. Okay, very good. And that's why uh, I to our, yeah, that's interesting. Our librarian. And so for those who are familiar with the books, uh, that we've, you know, the transcripts, I've had conversations, we've had conversations with this librarian, and I have had conversations independent of Jennifer, other people who would describe the same individual, which was mind bending for me, because you always assume that people are, you know, in the world that they create. And in this case, this is a fellow. And the last time we spoke to him, he, he went by the name five because he didn't want to be identified as male or female. But he seems to have a sense of humor. He's kind of a... a he, and he kind of looks like a male. Okay, and he's like a shorter guy. I remember one person said... He looks like a leprechaun. That's what he looked like to me. Okay, well, let's... Add, you know, uh, so what should I address you, sir, as today for our conversation? Mr. Librarian? He said seven. <laughs> like like a sense of humor. All right, Mr. Seven. And I, he's probably got some logic to that. It's probably been seven months since we last talked. So Seven, if you don't mind, um, tell us, would you show Jennifer and tell Jennifer what is the source of leprechauns or those mythologies? It might be fairies. It might be whatever those things are. Is that because they live in another realm or in another planet and people visited them? Me just a second because he's showing me a lot of stuff and so i just want to make sure that i'm getting it right and he uh, can he can he can ask us i mean he can you know whatever he wants to talk about he doesn't have to talk about leprechauns but it, it, whatever he no, wants to he's showing me so it's almost like they're the gatekeepers of the planet but so and then he showed me something that i saw years ago we're talking night i don't know in 2007 or something seven again or 2009 excuse me um where i saw all of the etheric mythological creatures were actually in a different realm, right? Uh -huh. On the planet. And so what we were doing to the planet was actually hurting their realm. Oh, how interesting. Like the earth stays the same and all the realms live on it. And so, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so, but in terms, does, is that what he means? What do you mean by gatekeepers? Is that accurate? Is that they're... I'm just assuming they live in another realm and maybe they show up here or maybe somebody. I think they protect the planet. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. So all the fairy, like all of those creatures, the unicorns, mythological creatures actually protect the planet. From? It's almost like from the energy of the humans. I'm not quite sure. I was going to say from humans. That's unusual. That's very unusual. Yeah. Uh, well, seven. Uh, that is an unusual thought, but, and, and in architecture, the afterlife I had an interview with a fellow who 
on his council he saw a leprechaun but that he just said i don't even know the word to describe him but he looks like that i keep showing me my pegasus and that was one of the first things that i saw growing up and how i've i feel like the pegasus has always been you know the unicorn has always been one of my things apparently if anybody knows me um I mean, everything's a unicorn to me. I'm the unicorn. They're like, you're the unicorn. Um, but I've always seen this white Pegasus since I was little. You know, yeah. I, pick up, I don't know. All right. Well, uh, let's, I, ask, let's ask seven about they're like, that. They're like, if you could see people on the other side, which I do, I talk yeah. to people that are no longer in this dimension. They're like, well, doesn't it make sense that you can see other things like dragons? And, and I'm like, is it because I know there's dragons or is it because I'm thinking there's dragons? You know, I go into my own headspace and he's like, no, that was, they're all there. They're all Just, there. but on, in other dimensions. I think this is more for children, to, unless you're me, because I'm an adult apparently, but for <laughs> children, like let them believe in this stuff. It's real. It's just in a different dimension and children are very etheric and they can see it until they're told not to. Okay, so or until the filters kick in around the age of eight, as they've yeah, as they said. Well, seven. Let's talk about that for a second because in the reports that I've done, we Jennifer and I and you have not talked about this, but in the reports I've done, council members I've run into council members that are only can only be described as fairies, like a, a small woman with four wings, or a leprechaun, or different different creatures in, in one council uh, discussion i had recently but they were all uh birds they were all like bird-like you know creatures and the question then is these other realms that people are able to access mm -hmm. and, and children are able to access them perhaps and sometimes you know in ireland if you've had too much guinness you might be able to access a few of the uh the we people, but is that the source of these mythological stories that people are accessing these other realms and meeting these entities that exist somewhere else? That's how everything's created. Yes. Interesting. And uh, it's a because thought. I, like, it's a thought that turns like, yeah. Well, in the, in the case of it was Josh Davidow, and I was interviewing him for Architecture of the Afterlife. And I, he said, I'm seeing this leprechaun on my council. And I said, so to the leprechaun, are you the source of these, these stories? And he said, no, I'm not the source of these stories. Okay. I'm just who I am. You know, I don't know about your stories. Cause, and so he wasn't even aware of what I was asking. But I did say, do, do you leprechauns show up here on Earth and hang out, check it out? He said, I do not. I can't speak for other people. I said, well, do people from here sometimes, you know, a deep sleep, a near-death experience, do they wind up sort of experiencing you? And he said, yes, they do. So, and then also in that book, there was an interview with a gargoyle, somebody we can only describe as he had red eyes and he walked up walls backwards. But mm -hmm. in the conversation with him, he said, it's not my fault that people are terrified when they see me. I my realm is very dense and when I like to walk around or wander around here it's it's freeing but most people don't see me. I mean it's a logical explanation of how that works. But seven but let's talk beyond that. The myth so let's just allow that mythological stories may or may not exist and it's that people may be tapping into another realm. But seven what would you like to talk about today? We've talked to you before you have said in so many words that you were like the head librarian of all Akashic libraries. He just turned into this very gorgeous, handsome man. <laughs> so I went, I'm like, hold on. Please describe. He, he almost looks like a Roman soldier, like this big Roman soldier that's just gorgeous. You don't forget the Roman part, whatever it is, but just. Um, you mean bare chested or toga or. Just like just this gorgeous man that's tall and very, he's like, and I'm, so I'm asking him, just give me a second. Sure. Like I'm turning red. Um, <laughs> the reason why, it's so funny. <laughs> go ahead 
you know, it's like we're interrupting you too. You guys get a room. <laughs> so what happened was, so it, the reason why he showed up the way he did before was because it was definitely something different. Like it was definitely something that I, you know, I felt like it was a leprechaun. He was this old, short little dude, right? Yeah. Similar to a leprechaun. We're in the same family, I guess you could say. So then yeah. um, when it came to him showing up like that, I'm like, wait a second. How, what happened? He goes, I'm the same person, but you wouldn't have thought you wouldn't, you needed something separate initially to make, to have it versus something that was more human-like, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it was, um, more recognizable by thinking that, okay, this is the gatekeeper for the Akashic records versus some hot guy that comes in and shows up. I wouldn't have thought that. I would have been like, eh. Right, because we would ask him about his warrior days or, you right, know, whether. Right, or something like that, yeah. Um, and so, well, let's ask you that, Seven. Do you appear that way? I mean, do, does everyone see you differently? I know that two people have seen you pretty much the same in our conversations. You know, that sort of old, really super old, smaller person, but almost like Yoda. But it makes it easier for everybody to see me that way. They get but, confused when they see him any other way. I see. But is this the way you prefer to see yourself? Let me ask you that. Wouldn't you prefer to see yourself? <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. Very good. And I, I know I've asked you if you ever incarnated on the planet. I don't remember your your reply. Have you ever incarnated as human? If you count everybody. Okay. Are you saying you're part of everybody? He's tied to the Akashic records, not literally, but he's, I feel like he has, he's a part of, hold on. Okay. I'm going to ask him one more time just to make sure it's not playing tricks on me, but I know they're not, but it's so interesting. I have, it's my own judgment. Um, he's like, what? You can't think that somebody like this is, you can't think of somebody hot running the universe or running Akashic records. I'm like, uh, kind of. Yeah. And he's like, He's just, how would I explain this? People need things that are different. That's what he keeps saying. People need things that are different so they feel like it's separate. He goes, but really, I'm part of everything. Okay, I understand. Goes, I see what you're saying. But if, he goes, if you saw me, he goes, let's just say I'm God. Yeah, okay. for lack of a better word, and not, to, not to offend anyone out there who's listening. Please, he's like, why can't God be hot? Like, why can't, <laughs> because no one's going to believe that. So I have to be something that's. Okay. It's a very interesting concept, Seven. If you don't mind that we can go down this path, which is the idea that, and we've heard this before in the research, that God is beyond the capacity of the human brain to comprehend because it's so complex, the concept. However, you can experience God by opening your heart to everyone and all things. Well, then so I just told him, like, well, if you were that hot, I think a lot of people would love God. <laughs> Well, but so I'm sorry. I'm but just, no, no, and just to follow what he was saying, the separation—you need the separation right. to say it's outside of you, as opposed to part of you, and what you're saying. So, if you follow that concept of or that logic, in fact, it was you. I'm sorry, it was you who said you are the one who said that God is beyond the capacity of the human brain to okay. comprehend, and you are the one who said if you open your heart to everyone and all things, you can experience God. So, what you're saying is, in essence, because not to separate you, but because you're the librarian of all Akashic libraries, you contain some energy or frequency of everything and everyone. So and so, he, go ahead. So then he just showed me something else that was interesting because I view people as beautiful, no matter what shape or size, I, because I can see their essence. And this is another thing I want to talk to you about, Richard, because I saw something last four nights that was in, very, very interesting. Um, so for for him, he's more gorgeous to me because I'm not afraid of him, right? Mm -hmm. When we're afraid of God or even Jesus, we put Jesus up, you know, hanging. If we're afraid of him, if we have fear, it's usually we we get shown different, like we get shown him more in the suffering. One. Yes, like yes, yes. 
if anybody's read the shack, it's a beautiful book. Um, he's comes in, like he always comes in to me. I mean, he, he how, how he shows up for me, which yeah. is like a polo shirt and jeans, <clears throat> you know, um, emanating love or unconditional love. Cause right. I filmed yeah. you actually seeing him and I, right. and you're, the experience I had with Robert Thurman, the peace I felt the day before, how, how my daughter and I, we've never felt that much peace, but people come and they come in and they, they like when people are on the other side, you should come visit me to see what I'm doing. Right. Or just whatever. I don't talk to them. I know that they're around, but it was really, really, I mean, both Blakey and I, Blake and I were just so overwhelmed with love and compassion. And after Robert Thurman, after my, after we did that with Robert Thurman, I couldn't stop crying. I was emotional, but it wasn't sad, but all the compassion and all the love, you know, um, there's a difference about how we view things. Like if, again, if we're afraid of God, we're going to make him into not a pretty being. We're going to be like, he's going to be this fearful. Something, well, something separate, something separate from us. It Correct. could be associated with power and you know obeying obeying all that stuff and what he's saying is that he's a little bit energy wise let's just call it that frequency wise a little bit of everything and right. everyone because not not because he would i self-identify as the g-man but because when you think of that idea of opening a heart to everyone well it would be everyone in our realm let's put it that way because he said that He's not the head librarian for all libraries everywhere. Yeah. So he he was the one who parts that to say, so that, you see, so that would take him away from that. But as far as we're concerned, humans, he's the head librarian for all libraries in existence. So therefore, he's a little bit of all of us. We've all met him. We all know him. He's aware of everything we've done. That's a lot to work with. That's beautiful. <laughs> okay, seven. That's his energy, though. That's his energy. That's the way that I've, you know, maybe that's something that Robert Thurman opened me up to. I don't know. Well, seven, there is a lottery coming up this weekend, and I just wondered, you know, maybe if you could give okay. us a Okay, that's another thing we need to talk about. Okay. <laughs> you get really upset over anything that's predicted, right? I don't upset. <laughs> you don't believe in that, but I need you to know something that people do come to me when they have medical conditions. Oh no, that's true. Of course, of I, course. I know, but you need to you need to make sure because I know that when you did your inter, when you talked on the podcast the yeah on the the conference of the art of living yes. and dying you yeah. made a lot of fun of that, and I need you to understand that I have mothers that have kids that have cancer that come to me wanting to know what's going on. So I do help them navigate. No, no, and uh, please, and I apologize if it seemed like I was saying that mediums can't predict the future. The word, the word predict is the problematic word. Correct. They're, they're seeing likely outcomes. If everything goes this way, then this is what will happen. And right. so it's that idea because it's like asking somebody the weather when they're standing in a tall building. They can see into the future. They can see how weather is coming and they can let us know. However, sometimes things change. Right. And I always, you know me. I, I know always, you always let people know. This is my interpretation. I need you to know that. And the, the only other thing was the fact that you said, go to a bunch of mediums or go to three different. I mean, it's different when you're, I don't want, I get sad when people feel the need to go to a bunch of mediums. Really? Because, I thought you said that was okay. No, they can do that. That's not the point. But oh. they get addicted to it. Then they go. Oh, they, I see what you're saying. Yes. It's not something like if somebody goes to two different mediums and they don't hear what they want to hear and they come to me, it's not. Right. Good. No, that's not, that's not healthy. So just understand that, you know, go over a big time period, go to different ones, but don't think that by going to the same medium over and over again, it's going to help your situation. Well, or change the, change the or answers, change the, but uh, of course, and you, but you, you know, just, just, uh, this is a, it's a, always interesting when Jennifer and I go, go down 
this particular rabbit hole. But the reason I mentioned that was mainly because from the science perspective, let's say, if you're having a hard time convincing yourself that you're talking to a loved one, then the point, and so I use hypnotherapy, mediumship, and meditation. Those three allow us to get the same answers. And when I say go to three different mediums, it's only because that's happened in the past with you when we talked to Amelia Earhart or with you when we talked well, to Bill and, Paxton. And I also have a whole team of people that I've trained to do law enforcement work. Believe me, it's better to get the, to get the, you know, if there's a thousand mediums that say that 90% of them say this is where the weapon is, that's a good thing. Yes, I right. totally agree. That's what I meant. That's the only thing I meant. Not like be addicted I, to calling different mediums every Correct. Week. That's just something that breaks my heart. I just don't. I always, you know, both of us, you and I always give the tools. So I actually, I hand out your book every day to somebody. No. I send them a book because I believe the tuning into the afterlife is one of my favorites. And it, you do it so well. And I'm like, listen to the book, read the book. Because people that are searching for that, it, it, you did such a great job. I love all your books, but you really just took everything you've ever learned into that book. And I just love it. And I'm, I'm like, it, it's helped so many of my clients. There was a point to that. <laughs> Yay me. Well, it was, I listen. And of course, Jennifer's absolutely right. She always lets people know immediately. I never, want them, I never want them to feel like they have, they need me ever. Ever. Well, I always want to give them the tools to do this on their own. And I give the, all I, and I tell them, I said, listen, if you're open, I'm going to tell you what you already know. And I've had people say, are you, are you just reading my mind? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because yeah, it's so easy. Because it's so easy to do that. And I've actually, uh, you know, it, it was after meeting you, I could tell you, we've known each other seven years after meeting you and, and you being accurate, let's put it that way, you start to go, you go to the ice cream store and you're like, I got to call Jennifer. Should I have chocolate or should I have vanilla? Because you you think to yourself, I know somebody who has access, a cell phone to people on the other side. So I can ask this question all the time. But And for instance, you didn't even ask and you were going on a trip. I'm like, please make sure you get your tire checked. Yeah, now, that's right. Now, did I see something in the future? There was a nail sitting right so in the center of that tire. Something in the future or did I just let you, this is where the misinterpretation where you say the whole thing. No, no, I get it. The only thing is what happens is people get hung up, just like I was saying. They get hung up on this thing of, because we know the future can change Absolutely. because of free will, because people, so let's say, you know, let's say uh, I was thinking of Anita Morjani as a doctor or is it, who had an experience with cancer. She was dying. She basically mm. died in the hospital. But while she her consciousness then went up above her and saw what the issues were. And she started working on her own body. And within a few weeks, she was cancer free. I mean, it's just a documented story. But my point is, is somebody could have said, well, this is what's going to happen to you because that's what they would have seen. But they, they might not have been aware that she then had this experience of changing and fixing and being her own doctor. You see? So it's that thing of, you know, people saying it, it, it's always comes in, in forms of warnings, of course, sometimes, right? People are warning, you know, don't go here, don't go there. But it could be that they've set up a lifetime so that that would happen. And I always tell them, I'm like, what if things are supposed to happen? It's yeah. the way, and you actually taught me that. It's actually a client that's no longer here taught me that. He said, what if we're just here to, to, what if everything that we're supposed to happen that's bad happens to us and it's just our response that makes a difference in our life? It's not like it's going to happen, but then we have to figure out our response that's going to make a difference. Absolutely. And I, I learned something that was fascinating to me this week with all these readings was that somebody was asking me because they felt I'm like, listen, you feel really bad because you were not there for the passing and you have so much guilt that you can't even feel your loved one, your father. And I'm like, they showed, the father showed me, and then several other uh, spirits showed me, they, they get the essence of who you are when they're over there. They get everything. 
And so your essence, it's not the last day that they care about. It's not the fight they had in 2008. It's not this or that. They know where your heart was the whole time. Right. How many days did you show up? And so they just shot, showed me all these colors, these pink and blues and pretty iridescent colors of the loved one that was right in front of me. And it was such a cool thing. I'm like, that's right. That's really what they, when they go over there, they know who you are as a person. Right. Not the last day of their life. And you were going to mention something that occurred over the past four days. Some. That was it. Oh, that was it. Oh, that idea of. It's, yeah. essence. it's your true essence. And I got to say over the past week, I've had some really unusual dreams where I'm, you know, having conversations with somebody like seven, let's just say, and they're of, and I, it, uh, let me just, let me seven, let me ask you this because it, it's related to what we're talking about, which is I found myself having, I can remember this part of the conversation and it was how to identify someone on the other side so that when you see their frequency, like who are they? And it, this person was telling me, there's so many more ways to identify others and including frequency. And he said, and modulation, which is a musical term, but the idea of a frequency having so many different levels to it that of course we aren't aware of it because of gravity and, and the world we live in, but out, outside of our body, like you just said, you see everything that's happened with them. You can see their frequency field. But Seven, if you could talk about that a little bit, what is that about in terms of identification on the flip side when people run into each other? It's a knowing. It's a mathematical equation. The whole oh. universe is from everything I'm gathering, which I love the fact that my daughter's going into physics and we find out if she gets to go to UCLA tomorrow. Anyway. <laughs> A knowing. There you go. Wait a minute. You should know that. You know the answer to that. There's some things that are just another great point is there's just some things that if you're too close to the outcome, if you have any attachment towards it, you will never get the right reading. Very good. Good point. Seven. Why is that? Seven. Why is that? Why do people get emotionally? How do the emotions alter our perception? They derail it because it's the, uh, so when you want something so bad, wanting, 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 you uh -huh. fill up your head with that. Your emotions fill up your head with that. They can't get in. They can't give you the clearest sense. If, ah, because if you say to the, thank you, I want him to hang out forever. If you say, if you say like, for instance, I want my daughter to go to UCLA because I'm not ready to let her go. Right. Yeah. She got into Bucknell. She got into, you know, Cal Poly up in San Luis Obispo with the physics. You know, like she's got, she is amazing, this girl. I'm not ready to let her go. My mind is already set to UCLA. I see. I see. They can't give me anything else. <clears throat> so I have taken myself out of it, but she'll never forget what I told her in the fifth grade. Unfortunately, she goes, you're not going to be on. The, I told her apparently, I'm like, nah, you're not going to be on the East Coast. You'll be on the East Coast during your doctorate. <laughs> <laughs> well that's you know there's the, the curse and the value of having a mom who can speak to the flip side so but it it also helped her when yeah when she didn't um when brown for early decision decided not to have her so it you, made her you like it yeah mom thanks a lot for cursing me so but seven so in terms of of us communicating with you now I don't know. I, you must communicate with so many people and maybe they're not aware of it, but what's going on? Are you, are you the, you're, are you everybody's Akashic librarian? Cool. Cause he showed me the, like, I'm like, have the floodgates opened up because everyone now is really, I've met more people tapping in and getting into their own spiritual path and trying to figure this out. I'm like, they but the difference is, is they feel like they're not connected because they're leaving their past. Just hang on for a second. Sure. Okay. And so they're like, I'm on a spiritual path, but I feel like I'm at a crossroads. I'm like, you're not, you're at the best place possible because energetically 
you're going to now being able to be given everything. You're now going to be able to get those, get that information. Whereas before you were so stuck in who you were. And these are, these are pretty well-known people. Um, I'm like, love that part of you. Maybe it was just the energy of the planet, but the energy of the planet right now is cracked open. Everyone's feeling what's happening in Europe, you know, yeah. feeling what's happening all over. And they might not even know that they're, they're picking up the pulse of the planet. They're, they wake up sad and they don't even know why, but they tag it to something that's going on in their life right now. When it actually, the planet is begging for us to come together and help each other out. So let's ask seven, please, if you don't mind, what's an effective way for us to focus our energy or thoughts so we can help the planet? He just showed me Robert Thurman. And he just showed me you in meditation, chanting, praying for the people that you might not be able to reach Putin, for instance, but you can reach the people that surround him. And or so and let me let me just clarify. Uh, and of course, this could take the form of prayer, uh, whatever your religious background or your background is. It could be anything. Meditation is a word. Med just means measure in Latin. So you're measuring thoughts. So the idea of different forms of meditation might include chanting, might include music, might include, uh, you know, thinking about things. It might include projecting images of love towards somebody. It might be prayers, asking mm -hmm. for divine intervention of the whoever those people are that are in your world to come forward. And so, but seven, can and we ask you? Meditation is the listening of the answers. But but seven, are you somebody we should include in the pantheon of people we should ask favors to? If you love yourself and you love one another, you are already accessing me. Oh, he's good. He's very good. Smart guy, that librarian dude. You see what he's saying? It's just like if you're if you love yourself, then you are accessing him because he is part of that consciousness. Let's call it the ocean. Yeah. So, but I just people people on the planet do have a thing about control and who's in control and who's in charge. Well, did they get a vaccination? Because that would make them <laughs> in control but but let me ask you seven so that idea of control uh and I, so if you could just talk about that because people feel like they're out of control they want to be more in control and so the idea of meditating on loving themselves as a way a form of healing and helping there were so many things that just came in i'm really gonna have to look at that because one of the first things that came in was if you think someone's controlling you, it's about fear. Okay. It's whatever you think. Again, the universe lets you feel the way that you think. The universe doesn't discriminate. So that being said, he showed me. Um, if you think someone else is trying to control you, you just are trying to be in control of yourself. You're just trying to control yourself versus stepping out and allowing the universe to help. That's the scary part. Does that make sense? So like, if I'm afraid of somebody controlling me, that kind of makes me a control freak with myself. Hmm. Yes, yes. It's that idea of separation. And he started off by saying that the idea of we right. separate things, we separate the word God from ourselves, when what he's like, saying is that we're all that. part get, of that. Get rid of that. But that I, but it helps. It's useful for a lot right. of people, of course. Oh, no, no, no. It, there's so many great. Listen, there's. I'm not saying that. He's just saying that we've fought, we've had wars over that word. Exactly it, over the word. Not, it, something. It's all and also I try to use a metaphor of water, like the ocean. Let's say the ocean is. Let's say the ocean is God, and we're all part of that ocean. We're individual droplets of water, but as Rumi says. Uh, it's the ocean is in all of us and we are in everything that's in the ocean. So that idea of we're all connected. But it's interesting because, of course, he's appearing as our librarian. 
as somebody who can answer these questions. It's finally amazing to see a hot librarian as a dude <laughs> versus a girl wearing glasses in a porn. So but, give give me a hair color. What hair color are you seeing? Like Sandy Brown. And a color eyes? Just bright. I don't know. Bluish green. Bluish green. And about how tall? Like six feet, seven feet, eight feet? He feels to me, I would say, you know, closer to, I don't know. I mean, I have a husband that's six five. He feels a little bit taller than that. But All right, like six eight. We'll give him a six eight. He's seven. That's why he's called seven. He's actually seven feet tall. And uh, okay, and that idea of and about how that's old because, that's because I'm like how old am I? Does that make me a cougar? I was just kidding. How old does he look? Does he look in his sixties, seventies, eighties, forties, thirties, twenties? Thirties. I understand. And the idea, 33, we know somebody who was that age. The idea of uh, understanding that if that's who you saw as your librarian in the Kashuk Library, as opposed to a guy with a big beard, you know, or a long beard or, you know, old, wise, it's how people project to themselves. And it's so how people, yeah. If you're a very, you know, if you are fearful, your God's going to be fearful in the way that it shows up, not because of that being the, it's the illusion that you feel that you're being threatened by being like the guilt that you have is going to create the God that's over there. So let me ask you this seven. Without uh, that. Hold on. The, okay. He just goes back to like, I feel everybody's beautiful. I see endpoints in everyone. I know why they're hurt. I know why they do the things that they do. So my, so the person that, or the Akasha, my Akasha keeper, um is beautiful to me and by the way the word akashic in sanskrit just means etheric or invisible so we're talking yeah. about a library that's invisible to others but clearly the word itself represents knowledge but i just wanted to ask you seven because it popped into my head so people who saw you during the greek era let's say uh were they associating you with uh, the gods of Drinking wine and <laughs> well, the Greek mythology. I mean, so when they ran into someone like you, would they, they said a ruthless god, ruthless like the Greek gods, like so Zeus? And hold on, well, I don't have them all in my, my head, but is that is that what people was that the source of those mythologies? It was either a punishing god or a loving god. But so, I'm just I'm just saying in terms yeah. of seeing you in your form that you're now, it brings to mind the gods of Olympus, you know, the way they look there. That is exactly what it feels like. So and uh, so my question really is, are we are we talking about vegan, holistic? But I mean, did some did some Greek person have a dream where they saw you or a near-death experience where they saw you and accessed you and then came back and told the story of saying this god it's so funny he goes they wanted a lot of gods just so that because if they pissed off one maybe they liked another like he said he goes it just made it better for them <laughs> so they made a lot of different versions um yeah, they saw them in the etheric, they had dreams. They saw them in the etheric realm. It was things that they couldn't explain. So they, so they, what they, the power and the light that they saw and the strength was put into human form because that's all that they knew. And so I just want to clarify this as well, uh, because of course, Jennifer and I both have a Western cultural bias and background of the way people look. But in, in essence, you could, also be of any origin any ethnic origin Correct. and and whatever that idea and even for other uh creatures and other planets what they they access you they would see you more along the lines of how they see each other is that correct correct he just showed me a mirror whatever you see as yourself is what you project the god to be i see and so that's i that's where the source of the old man with the beard has happened all these years Anyway, it's a fascinating topic, Seven. 
And Luana, is that is that the person you wanted us to talk to today? No. Who else? She was kidding. She just thought it was funny. <laughs> no. <laughs> thank you. She said it was, thank you. It was important. It's important for you to know how to access yourself in the afterlife. So how to access, um, say it one more time, I'm sorry. It's important for you to understand the way that you view yourself and your connection here is the way you view the afterlife. So, and you're or saying- way, Or the way you present judgment in the afterlife. So if you feel like you're not good, or if you feel guilty, you're not gonna to wanna to talk to the afterlife. You're not gonna to wanna to be around the afterlife because you feel like you're being punished in some way. Or, or judged. Or judged, that's the better word. And if you feel you're being judged based upon your preconceived notions of what it's like over there or how it, you're, what it's like, then you shut down and you don't, you don't, you're, you're missing out on the most important piece of your life here, which is to be open to the, to the other side. But the only way you could do that is by letting go of your guilt, letting go of your fear, letting go of anyone up there saying you're not going to make it in. Remember, it's your essence. We get a long, we get a long shot at having our essence do the right thing. It's not that one day that you did something wrong or those that month that you did. It's or and to correct and to correct things that you might have done. Correct. Yeah. So Lou, what you're saying it's you know, it's a funny way to put it, but what we're doing is important to people to opening up the idea that you can communicate with people no longer on the planet. You can communicate with avatars or let's say holy people that are no longer on the planet. And <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> what? <laughs> Prince just showed me as a cartoon character jumping off of piano, like, as like not only avatars but as cartoon like whatever it is it doesn't you well, know that's funny because for that reference we had asked prince a question about uh the book hacking the afterlife where he first appeared or showed up having a conversation with us and and he had said something to me about uh, jumping off pianos and and because i had asked him like why you know why did you get addicted to these uh opiates and he said because I like to jump off pianos that caused my ankles to hurt that caused my hips to hurt. And right. eventually, but he said, but you have to keep jumping off pianos, rich. That's what you do in life. You jump off pianos so that you can I didn't remember that. That's so interesting. So that, you know, we can fulfill what we're doing here on the planet. We come here to jump off pianos. It's and not to be safe is not like the way that you view being safe by not opening up your heart, by not loving, by not experiencing life. And granted, COVID took everybody for a spin. But by being open to just having the universe show again, show up for you where you can jump off the pianos, where you can get yourself in a little trouble, but you learn from it. Everything is a sacred experience when it comes to relationships. Everything, even, you know, you're. What if you knew it was going to happen anyway? Just go out there and do it. What right. Do you, you don't. You don't want to know the end of the play before the play's over. Well, that's because you can't predict the future. <laughs> However, there are likely outcomes of how this play is going to end. And you know, I always call myself the guy who runs into the theater, turns on the lights, and goes, "It's only a play." You know, who wants that guy? Like okay. nobody wants that guy to come. So just for us, I had someone today that was tormented physically and mentally by her mother and several other people in her family group. And I looked at her and I'm like, you're like the wealth in the afterlife. You came down here. You've had so many horrific experiences that you've learned from and you love and you forgave the people that were involved in your play. That's what reminded me of this. I'm like, that's wealth because anybody that comes wanting that life or wants to be a part of that, you're there's something going like to me that's like somebody that lives in a castle up in the sky you know 
on the afterlife. Courage, somebody who has courage to take on the more difficult journey to, me, to learn the bigger lessons. They are the wealthiest in this world spiritually in my in the way that it was shown. i know what you mean and and i've seen it in the research as well the older wiser souls are the ones who choose the more difficult journeys because they a they feel like they can handle it and they're like yeah it's not a problem i'm fine then they get here and it's like what was i thinking what was i thinking i forgot that it was gonna be so difficult but they bring they also they also break the patterns of the families she broke right. the pattern of suicide. She broke the pattern of all these other things. It's amazing. Changing that paradigm. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Future um, generations to come. Yeah. Seven. I know you have to go. Right. I'm not going anywhere. Okay, seven. I showed up first today. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's a first. But seven, uh, Luana, thank you so much for bringing that up. But seven is what else do you want to say, our friend? Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. All right, very good. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you for your wit and wisdom and insight and predicting of the future. And, and no, I don't think, I think they should just you go to you. Lose all those other phone numbers. Of it, Richard. I'm teasing you, but that's because I love you. And uh, seven, you know, who was five last time. If I can figure out why they were five last time and seven this time, wow. Dude, every time you show up, you have something very insightful to share with us. Um, all I can say is I hope I don't have to see you soon, but you're always welcome to join us on our podcast or Anytime. join us in our, <laughs> in our class. And, you know, and please, uh, those out there that want to reach out to any of the people that we talk to in our podcast, you know, they're not unique to us. They're, they're just people who are not here on the planet. And I would think that they would be accessible to all. And if you do talk to them, go ahead, Jennifer. Talk to, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I did. Um, no, talk ahead. to them. If you believe, so I believe that I have a Pegasus as one of my spirit animals and two white dragons. If you believe it, it's there. You can call me crazy, but I talk to dead people. So who cares? <laughs> and and you have, I've, I've heard you describe those those yeah, mythological whenever, creatures whenever in great detail. Ever, whenever I have felt even nervous or scared, I ask them to come to me and help me. And it's like that. They change the whole energy field that I'm in. I just put the dragon on the face, just like when you wake up in the morning, right? And you yeah. have this bad dream. You say, thank you. Thank you for being part of my play. Because we put faces, like you said. Yeah. Faces on the people that are actors in your play. Same thing goes, maybe that's what mythological, you know, creatures and beings are. They're making you become more aware of different dimensions, which is a great thing. We might put the leprechaun face, the, you know, the hot dude in the library. We or might, the fairy. Or the fairy or the dragons. It doesn't make it wrong. It opens us up. It opens us up. Wow. That's very profound. Uh, let's say a prayer for everybody in Ukraine, and we hope this war ends quickly and swiftly, and that our intentions talking to people on the flip side help bring sanity to that part of the world. Thank you, Jennifer, your, for your gracious gifts. And thank you, Seven, for stopping by to have an unusual chat. And Luana, of course, oh, we'll She's catch you. Laughing. She's laughing at me. That's good. <laughs> All right. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. We love you. Bye. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschaefer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on gaia.com via Amazon Prime.